The Monday Night Lights podcast is back. Brian Piercy here along with Andrew Hedis, Joey Cubes, and Ty Otto. How you fellas doing today? It's a great day to be a North Star. I mean, can you say? Twinkle, twinkle, little star. Is that your that's the new theme song you guys play yeah. in the locker room after you win? Yeah. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. A few quick reminders, as always. Give us a call on the Whoop line, 714-75-WHOOP. Email the show, podcast at mnlhl.com. Follow, subscribe to us on Twitch. Apparently, uh, there's volume. I'm just whispering. It's okay, Dill. Yeah. Apparently, Troy, he just hit his fifth month. I didn't actually see it come through, but mine didn't come through either. So, congratulations on that. You're oh. saying there's technical difficulties, no volume, you muppet. He's correct. I forgot are, to unmute are you the OBS, muting me again? So. Am I muted again, just like last week? No, I muted everybody, oh, just okay. to be fair. Okay. Equal opportunity <laughs> muter last. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Follow, subscribe on Twitch. Troy just hit his fifth month. We appreciate that. Uh, we're live out usually on Tuesdays, 9 p.m., live.mnlpodcast.com to get to the Twitch channel real quick and easy. Uh, interested, I would say uh, playoffs or the finals are coming up. We'd love to have a couple people that actually aren't in, and that would actually help us out quite a bit. Uh, you know, get rid of that sorry. whole... Sorry for being here. I'm sorry for being in. We, we appreciate it, but, you oh. know... Obviously, you're going to be a little uh, partial. We'd love to get some impartial uh, people to kind of analyze the finals, but we do love and appreciate that you're willing to come into the well and help out. Um, so, yeah, like we said before, we have Mr. Joey Cubes. I actually don't know your official last name. I just always hear Ty call you that. So, welcome. Uh, yeah, officially, it is Kubera. Kubera? Yeah. Klossonite? Yep, right around the corner. I think uh, less than a quarter mile. I could have walked, but I had Ty pick me up. Yeah, you know, mean streets of Clawson, you never know what could happen. Build it in whenever you can. Yeah. With the refs. So a few things for you, or let's get into the news real quick. I forgot to mention this last week, but we did have a group of about 20 guys on the 29th of February actually go volunteer down in Detroit, MNL Cares. Ty, I think you were there, weren't you? I was. It was a good time. I, I, I volunteered a few times in my life, believe it or not, and that was one of the most you know, I enjoyed it the most. I felt like we were uh, productive and we did a lot. We uh, we stocked shelves. We stocked the, sh- the, there's an area where the clothes are sold, but we did a lot of organizing of the clothes and getting them into the front room, making sure everything's in the right place. And uh, we had about 20 people. It was a good time. My kids were there. Troy was there. Troy's daughter was there. Um, yeah, a lot of good representation, except for the ducks. And the, I mean, I think, the ducks weren't there and it just shows what a terrible organization they've been from the beginning and probably explains why they missed the playoffs because they couldn't even bring anybody down to, uh, 
represent themselves to give to the poor. So how can you uh, how can you love yourself if you can't even love anyone else? It's it's a sad state of affairs, but that's old news. We already saw that, but I I wasn't shocked when I didn't see any ducks participate. This White Tower narrative is great. Yeah, Continuous. I was just saying, I, I, I could, yeah. I could tell Hedis was just looking to speak there. It was any second. He just looked like he's like, to be fair, I'm, it's really good that we were able to do that. I'm glad we were able to get 20 people. It was a little bit late notice, but people did step up and were able to get out. That's a great thing. Hopefully we'll do, you know, maybe one a year, maybe two a year. I don't know. Some good planning. Sounds like it was a good place, good time, you know, other places, possibilities. But if that one was good, we could stay there as well. So, uh, as we said, Mr. Joey Cubes, one of the MNL refs, is here. So we're going to spend a little bit of time over with you. First question over there is, how long have you been a hockey ref? Uh, my first season was the 2015-2016 season. How, how did you get into it? Um, you know, I'd always been, uh, after playing, you know, hanging around the game. Started with coaching. Uh, I went to, when I was at Michigan State, I coached the uh, Okemos high school team. So I did that for a couple of years. Came back here. Uh, I coached some high school around here. And then uh, was doing the Troy JV team at one point. And then, yeah, I just didn't really like the schedule. Late nights, practices, he had to be there all the time. Couldn't really call off. And then um, one of my friends told me about getting into officiating. And so I got in and liked the schedule a lot more. Um, got to pick your assignments a little bit more. And, and so that's kind of how I got into that. So based on you saying you doing all this coaching, all that you were, I'm assuming a decent level hockey player. Then I played, uh, I grew up, uh, I played through the Birmingham system. I played for Birmingham high school. Um, I did, uh, I played one year of club hockey at the university of South Carolina. And then I transferred to Michigan state. I um, didn't pursue anything there with that club team. They were pretty good. But, uh, yeah, always played. And then right from there went into coaching, was coaching at the high school level, never got into the AAA level. But, uh, but yeah, always been around the game. And how many nights a week do you typically ref? It seems like obviously Mondays, and then do you do another night or two or more? Yeah, I mean, I used to do a lot more. Now, um, you know, once I, I have a son he's two years old so that kind of slowed things down but um yeah i've got you guys on monday nights i've got this i don't know they've got to be 50 and older on sunday nights at royal oak and then I my have, uncle plays in that league good yeah they've they've uh they've had that ice for a long time and then i on tuesdays i have this league i think they call it 50 and over but it's got to be 65 plus um but uh but i do them on tuesdays and then i sprinkle in some youth games throughout the rest of the week and the weekend. Do you ever have to ref with Ty? Yeah, on occasion. Uh, <laughs> Ty uh, yeah, It's been a while, but we've done, we did the ladies, uh, Ty's ladies set a uh, couple weeks back. I mean, I, I think it's, this is my, is this my third year or my fourth year refing. I think this is my third year. This is my third year. And I started late in the first year. So like two and a half, whatever, but no, Joey cubes has been, he was one of my mentors. I, I will be the first one to admit the first year of MNL. Um, first year of MNL, I was not a ref. Uh, it was just freaking Rick. And then I think for the playoffs, we had decided this might be before Hedis time. This you were there, you were a seal. Um, it was Rick. He was a solo ref. 
for the regular season. And it blows my freaking mind how much we bitched at Rick, like as a solo ref. Now that I do a ref and I wear, I wore my shirt appropriately here, Brett, that ref lives matters because I believe just like black people, our lives matter. Um, but I don't want to be political here. Ty's thoughts do not represent the podcast in any way, just to let you know. Yeah. Well, the chat so, the chat seems to think so. Everyone keeps asking where Ty got that shirt from and Whoop is screaming collusion. <laughs> no, I bought this a long time. Actually, Rob Tasker is the one who he got it for a lot of people. So uh, for a lot of the refs. But I just think back to the first year of Rick and how much we bitched and bitched. Like, like, and now knowing what it is to ref and thinking about what it is to do a game by yourself, like being at a freaking goal line and Rick had like a hernia and like other health issues. Yeah. And I was just like, when I think about it now and what fucking assholes we generally were to Rick, I'm just like, what the fuck? We were the, you know, we were assholes. We we're like expecting like a top notch uh, officiating and one guy and the guy has a freaking hernia and Joe, I think they brought in Joe Cubes for either the playoffs or later on in the year. And I remember the generals on our team and we had a, I mean, we had this, th- I, I used to came come and wasted every game for season one. You don't say. Yeah. Yeah. Came and wasted every single game. The general was looking to fight. We hated the whalers. We hated Serta and Trent and all the, I mean, we had this, there's a lot, a lot of anger out there on the year one. And uh, as the years progressed, we've kind of mellowed out a little bit over the years. But uh, it, to answer the question at the beginning, Joey Cubes has been one of my mentors as a ref. And I, I started out refing some of his some games with him and uh, helped me along the way. And I consider him one of a top-notch, top-notch official. So then how does MNL compare, like, in a refing situation to other leagues you ref or just, like, random games <clears throat> Is it much different? Are people complaining more? Is it just typical beer hockey no, dumbasses? There's more intensity. I mean, I think like uh, a regular adult league in Troy or Royal Oak or Rochester, they um, they don't play with each other the next year or do anything outside of that. They don't really know each other. They get into it. They probably have more altercations, but there's definitely a higher level of intensity. I think anytime you do a draft league, um, there's always a higher level of intensity. I think I'd add on like, it's kind of like a brotherly thing. Like I think when you're doing in a Troy league or an Onyx league, you know, these assholes don't know each other. So you can on any night just have somebody just beat the shit out of each other. It doesn't happen all the time, but if you do enough games at some other beer league, but on the other hand, on a day to day basis in our league, you know each other. And it's kind of like, I want to, everyone's kind of like your brother. Everyone's kind of a friend or somebody they're going to drink beer with afterwards and play the next season and maybe be on their team in the spring. So I think it's that, that that's a little extra intensity. You know, I think you know that no one's going to kill each other, hopefully. Yeah. Except most of the time. You don't feel like anyone's going to kill each other, but you feel that bro- like brotherly, like when you're 10 years old and you're playing hoops against them in the backyard and you don't want to fucking lose to your brother. You're going to freaking give him an elbow, give him something. So there's that that intensity, but you know no one's gonna murder each other. But I don't know if that's how yeah. You no, feel. I mean I, I like I don't think Rob. We haven't gamed anybody. You know we haven't had to, we haven't had guys rip helmets off and go at it. So so last thing before we actually get into oh. the games, kind of more of the playoff situations here. Um, now you obviously know it's the playoffs. You know, like last night was game three for two series. Do you have a different mindset actually refing the playoffs compared to regular seasons? And then also knowing it's a game three, do you let more stuff go? Do you try to do stuff consistently the same ways you would normally do? 
you know, I think Rob and I, we talk before each game. We always know, you know, whether it's an elimination game or, you know, what what's on the line for each team. But, uh, you know, we, we, we treat every game like we're going to go out there and do a good game. I don't think we try to... We know we know that there's more on the line for certain games, and uh, and and there's certainly going to be a faster pace and certain more intensity in other areas. But um, you know, I don't think there's there's not games where we're like, oh, it's not a playoff game. Let's go out there and not do anything, you know, or, or call an easy game. So that would be my question. I would want to raise to Joe is like, and I kind of mentioned it before the broadcast, which I regret, but uh, like how much, how much you ref? I I know if if I like ref a bunch of games at the Onyx or something, I kind of pick up who's who are the assholes. Like, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm doing that guy's game or something like that. But I'm like, you do our game every single week for an entire season. Like, you know most of the players, all the players, just the, just the ones that are vocal, just the ones that get penalties, just the ones, like, just the ones that stand out, that scream at you, like uh, Troy maybe or freaking or the Taylor brothers or something. You know, or Hedis, or me. Hedis. I'm I always mean, chirping all you the know, time. Like, like how much, how much, how much do you know what you know? What you know? I obviously maybe you know the playoffs. It's game three. That's big, but like throughout the season, you kind of you you kind of know the players. How much of how much are you involved in you know, knowing? Like, is it cognizant? Or are you just kind of like a normal one? Show up, punch in, punch out. Don't know these assholes. Just got a curiosity. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's certain guys that I've more familiar with because they talk to me before or after the or during the games then there's some guys i you know probably haven't any conversations with so um there's i don't know there's there's probably a handful of guys that i know and and maybe more that i don't but why did you not like the whalers and the tigers throughout the season a, a con- consistently obviously it would probably be a whalers tigers finals if it wasn't for your hatred for those two teams I, I had nothing to get. <laughs> baseless, baseless tie narrative bullshit. You know what's funny too, Ty? I've been timing you every time you've talked. And oh. you've, it like, your first two times, at least you kept it around a minute before you passed off to somebody else. Your last time was like two minutes Sorry, and like I 10 seconds. Help first, first, you're all right. I'm just going to, we'll side it up all the I was the just end trying to pick the much, two whiniest see teams. See how much the North Stars well, White well, Tower. First whiniest of teams. You see your Troy yesterday? I told him to sit down and stop yelling. He's yelling more than I am. And I'm not even playing. Yeah, I was going to say, that's pretty obvious that if we were looking for whining teams, Troy, there's, he's been better this year. He's been kind of face facts. But be there's honest. been a couple games where you hear him screeching around the ice, you know, where he is at all times. Rumor was he kind of had a bad game last night, but besides the point, uh, Ty, I got a question for you, though. Do you remember yes. calling a goal in a shootout two spring seasons ago? Yes, do you rem- I do remember that. Do you remember that, that uh, comment you told Cam afterwards? No, refresh my memory. But I do remember. I do remember the controversy, and I think that was like my first six months and that's my defense right now before you completely refresh my memory i i don't know the comment uh but cam didn't leave the comment i, I left it open-ended so yeah uh cam paid his points to get that but let's kind of move oh, on to the actual uh games of the night our first game of the Good. night was I like the I don't uh to, i don't have to remember i didn't remember so we had the like americans versus the seals do you have something well i was gonna say to 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 have a comment on top i don't have any there's i don't have anything against either team uh, or any team, um, 
So to answer now, I, I, I know that. And that was under that was below yeah. the belt. And now I can fully understand, I guess, before we move on, since I just thought of one more question that you don't necessarily remember people throughout the season. But if there's a game that someone's being a jerk, do you kind of remember that and it might stick to you and yeah, you yeah. might not give them the benefit of the doubt on certain plays? No, I, I don't think you would never Say not no. give somebody the benefit of the doubt on something. I think you got to look at every game as a new game. I would definitely hold it against someone for the record, but that's why I'm not a ref. No, I uh, to be to Joe's credit, like there have been some stressful games throughout the year, and occasionally I check in to see how they're doing, and uh, and I mean it just like anyone else, and I do the same thing. It's always a fresh slate, even if you don't want to give the asshole a fresh slate. Every game is a fresh slate for the coaches, everyone. And I do that, whether it's a youth game, a beer league game, just start at, start at baseline zero and go from there. And that's so, the best way. And I know Joe does that too. So, so Ty, your comment was, uh, was that a goal? Question mark. Wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, and, and this is what? Year one? Am I a solo rep? What? This is when, this is the cam thing again? This is the cam yeah. thing. Goalie's got good memories, dude. <laughs> Oh God! So there's, no a, so there's a shootout. Who, you know what? It's who not invites being... you to family Christmas, <laughs> Christmas Eve for the last two years? Has a great time with your family, and now you're trying to out me on the podcast. Just drag you, remember, under the you know, bus. drag me under the bus. Under the bus. <laughs> I hang out with your girlfriend during the. I mean, she lives lives and Ugh. dies for your saves. I mean, when we're watching the Whalers games, it's you should like, have traded for she him. She is then. just then like be on your team. Your old glue wouldn't drag you. Then she is literally like dying every single time you let a goal in. I'm trying to be like, calm down, you'll be all right. Cam's not going to beat you tonight. I'm like, what what does I'm talking <laughs> so fast. What is he doing? I'm just saying, no, no, honestly, but I, I don't remember saying that. But if, yeah. you know, I, I, there's times when I have I, throughout, if you ref enough games, there are times when goals happen and you're just like, fuck, I have no idea. Yeah, I or think if I was, I was ever to be a referee on decisions like that, even if I didn't know, I would act like I was confident and just roll with it, even if it yeah. was the dumbest call in the world. But like I said, we're going to now move on to the games. We had All the right. Americans versus the Seals in the first game of the evening. The Seals won this game 3-1. Uh, to one. Big things in this game as McShannock actually got moved up to center. Uh, we had Whoop and Leroy as a D-line pairing with Brawny and Alan Z as well. Um, Proctor started out obviously with the first goal and he had a beautiful goal split the defense uh, for that goal and then the issue kind of happened there was unfortunately Proctor broke his collarbone on a fall there was a penalty on that me seeing it I didn't think it was an intentional I don't think Fister's that kind of guy but it still uh, sucks for the league in general Edis your thoughts on that yeah, uh, Proctor is one of those guys in the league that, you know, you expect your first rounders, your second rounders to to create chances and to generate goals and, you know, just just be the players you draft him to be, right? So he always tends to have put himself in kind of dangerous spots on the ice. And unfortunately, when you're in dangerous spots on the ice, it you know, you have a more susceptible chance to take either, you know, more hacks and whacks or get put on uh, weird weird positions on your feet. And uh, one of those, that's kind of what happened last night. And uh, one of those positions, he kind of went between three players and, uh Someone kind of got a stick, uh, got hooked a stick underneath him, and I mean, if he stays on his feet, I don't think it it's a penalty. I mean, it, it, I mean, he got he just Fister got a stick, but I mean, he hooked a stick enough that I mean, he kind of got off balance, and it wasn't intentional. They're just I mean, he's between three players, and uh, it looked from uh, the boards to I guess me and and to you apparently as well. Uh, he just got upended at the wrong spot, at the wrong time, was speeding to the boards, and, and broke his collarbone, which is kind of strange because not to go a little off topic. 
That's like three shoulder collarbone injuries in like three weeks between who, players Monday Night Lights. Judge and who? Who's the other one? Oh me, thanks. Oh you? Oh you? I forgot. Oh, I'm just nursing. I sore, thought I'm I thought that a sore vagina. I, I, yeah. I thought that was a made up injury. Yeah. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Proctor, he kind of, his first goal was a nice kind of move, cutting on his skates, cutting around, going through people. The second, his injury there was a similar move, which kind of puts you a little bit off balance and a little bit in a weird position. He's a good enough skater where you think that's normally going to happen. Things happen. Now, Joey, you obviously saw the penalty there. What did you see there to make it a five-minute penalty? Uh, Rob and I, you know, when we... We saw the play. We both had a good angle on the play. Rob was along that board. Um, you know, we had the hook. I think that uh, at the time you look at it, the dangerous play going into the boards. Um, you know, that's one. And then, and then he went down. He was a player was injured, and um, and and then you know that elevates that from from your minor penalty to your major penalty. Now, there was a little bit of talk on the sidelines about should have been a five-minute versus not. My thought was it should. People were talking about intent versus not. A penalty like that, intent doesn't matter, does it? You can all, I mean, if you if you can prove intent, you know, um, there's certain penalties where, you know, if, if a guy takes a stick to a guy's head, I mean, there's intent. There's no, there's no re, you know. Well, I guess what I'm saying, there, but, what I guess what I'm saying is, it, it's still a penalty of what happened. It's not because, like, oh, I didn't mean to do it. It's not a penalty, or am I wrong on those situations? It, penalties can be tough because they're not always black and white. There's a few. I mean, a lot of guys don't mean to high stick a guy in the face. Still high sticking, you know. Um, didn't mean it, but it happened. So it exactly. Is. So that you know. So there's a little black and white there, but a lot of these there's gray areas and at that moment you've got to make that call. Um, but that's why Rob and I, you know, we both had our arms up and we both talked about it before we made a decision. And, and that's what we went with. Hedis, did you get to see, you did get to see it. Did you agree yeah. with the call? Yeah. I thought the, I thought the call was fair. I mean, I, I could have saw like two double minors maybe, but I mean like the major makes sense. And in any case, I mean, uh, whether it has intent or not, I mean, a player got injured in the play and I mean, Sure, a little bit of fault maybe does go on Proctor. I mean, for having been in a dangerous position, but I mean, he's again, he's just trying to create space. He's trying to generate that scoring chance. And if there's no injury in the play, again, just different things may have happened. And and maybe Joe and Rob they call different different penalties at that point, or maybe situation ends up differently. But uh, I mean, when you're when you're kind of off balance like that, and then you get the hook underneath it, it's kind of it's kind of tough not to make make that call. And then. Uh, from a momentum standpoint, I mean, once once they get the penalty, the Americans didn't really do anything with it after that to kind of finish out that period. So it was kind of uh, it was kind of strange to go grab Sugar. He's, I think uh, it was Ben or, or it was Ben was the first person that Proctor saw off the ice, and Ben had to wrap up his shoulder, and then uh, we ran and got Sugar. So I don't know if that's where you're leading the the discussion to. Well, but. yeah, I mean, obviously during that five minute penalty, when you're missing your your number one draft pick, that's going to be hard to take advantage of that. Uh, I did see. You know, Sugar was there. It looked like he was planning on playing the 10 o'clock drop-in. Uh, people, you know, top player available. He was willing to put his gear on and help out the Americans. You can't say anything bad about that. Very good of him. You know, it's just one of those horrible things. And, I mean, obviously, it hurt the momentum a lot. Uh, I think the Seals obviously got the next three goals. Uh, Fister yep. was able to get the next two. They got an empty netter at the end, but... That just was a momentum killer, you know, as a whole for the Americans. 
Yeah, those, uh, the, I mean, overall, the game was very tight, very defensive. I mean, even the first Seals goal, they, they had to grind it out. Uh, Simonelli kind of turned over the puck on the side of the net. He was like a weird, a weird uh, kind of clearing play. He meant to clear up the boards, and he kind of hit the side of the net, and then it was kind of like jumbled on the right post between Simonelli and Flo, and Fister kind of went in there and did Fister things and poked it home. So, and then the, I think the, Seal, the Seals' last goal, Fister, like you said, picked up with like two minutes left. The third was an empty netter. So the, the entire game was tight. I mean, if, if Proctor stays in, if he doesn't get hurt, I mean, who knows how the momentum of the game goes because that was an early goal, and it wasn't a... I think Dylan would say it'd be the first person to tell you it wasn't like the greatest goal to give up because I mean along the along the ice and Fitz, uh, Proctor's kind of cuts in and shoots it. I don't think Dylan was ready, but for it. But uh, I mean the rest of the night he played solid. J. Flo kept the Americans in it. It was it was a tight game. So um, I mean I don't know how many penalties came after that, but unlike the the game two with the Seals, they didn't have that many penalties uh, in, in in that third game. Yeah. I felt. It was tough. Uh, Ty, did you get to see much of this game? I know you're probably changing during part of it. No, I, I actually brought my equipment into the penalty box and I changed in there. And I was fully changed and ready except for my skates by the time the puck dropped because I'd like to be prepared for things like being asked to be on the podcast. So um, <laughs> anyway, wow. I, I, I agree with Spicy. I mean, when you first entered the building, I mean, you could just sense there's tension. It was like, Kind of like a not a lot of scoring chances at the beginning. It was very tight. Everyone was playing. Didn't want to make the kind of like I don't want to make a mistake. Hockey. Um, Proctor got that one. He can't cut across he, uh, the middle and was able to beat Dylan. And Uncle Fister's on my side and he's screaming and he's like, "I told them not to let Proctor go across the middle." Like Uncle Fister's is like, "I'm like Uncle Fister. When do you tell the seals these things?" I don't know what he, he I'm sure he's he in their answer. Slack channel. He, he might be in their Slack channel. I don't know. He was furious. He's like, I told him not to. And uh, so, you know, once the Proctor play happened, it was very, you could kind of just, the, the intensity that was there, you could kind of just feel it, kind of just kind of was sucked out. And I, I think the penalty, I think the call was perfect. I think five minutes was the, you know, is the perfect penalty because and it, and it was the most fair, I mean, to be honest. It's just like kind of the air. They're up one nothing. Proctor comes in, scores. They're up one nothing. The air is sucked out of the building. No one likes to see anyone, even Proctor, who's very injury prone and has weak ligaments and muscles and everything. Just he he doesn't he needs to drink some more milk or something. I don't know what it is, but no one likes to see that. And uh, you know, so when he went off, it was just kind of the energy was just sucked out of the building. I was like playing the music and I didn't want to even, it was, it felt awkward playing music in between. Um, and what do so you it was perfect. The five minutes was perfect for just like, even if it wasn't an, an advantage as far as like, I didn't feel like uh, the Americans were going to like take advantage of it because they didn't, they're losing Proctor and Proctor's like plays the that, entire, I'm that, sure if there's a five minute par mm -hmm. power play, that's what's going to going to play it. But I didn't feel for one, no part of me felt like the Americans were going to score on the five minutes. I don't know if that's, they, they, that's, this is no rational reasoning for penalties or anything, but the way the game played out five minutes was perfect time to just like, yeah, okay, yeah, they, relax, calm down. At least you're not going to give up goals. Hopefully you're not going to give up a shiny breakaway, which I don't think it did. It went five minutes and then it was the, the energy was sucked out. And then we kind of, after a while was played regular hockey and the seals just took advantage. I mean, sugar came out, but there, there's a chemistry, a lack. I mean, Proctor is Proctor. Proctor's won three kegs for a reason, and it's not a slight to sugar by saying he come him coming in was a great help. 
But if they had Proctor on the ice for that power play, it would have been different. I mean, Grant, I mean, oh, yeah. when Absolutely. it's one nothing, you're missing your best player. And, Grant, and Sugar wasn't even dressed yet. The only thing I thought they could have done different, maybe the Americans, was they could have thrown one of their defensemen up on forward at that time. But they didn't have edge there last night. So who yep. are they going to put? You can't move the Poudre up at forward. The only defenseman you could have done that with is maybe yep. Star. Yep. Then you're rotating a back three and your Star defense, hates offense. And Star hates offense. He can do it. He did it season two with the Americans. But at, and then you're trying to capitalize and get a second goal and just completely deflate the seals at that point. But, so I thought I, I mean, it completely at, worked out as fair as it could be for a shitty-ass situation. And uh, the seals took advantage of it over time. It was just kind of, there just wasn't enough offense. I mean, it, from the, it just... It became apparent that it was going to happen. And, you know, I honestly got it. If so, game one, Proctor's not there. Um, the Seals, the Seals take advantage of it. Proctor shows up game two, scores a natural hat trick. Boom, boom, boom. It's not even a contest. He wins. Proctor shows up game three, scores a goal. He's up one nothing, breaks his collarbone. And then, so if you, you do the plus minuses when Proctor's on the ice and in the game, I mean, it, Proctor, the Americans are winning. So, I mean, the Seals got a very, I don't know, some, there's been speculation whether it's dirty play. They have been they were roughhousing the Americans, but, um, you know, they, they honestly don't deserve to be there. It's and, obvious. Uh, they, they, it should be the Americans versus the North Stars, but they escaped. They made bad decisions, but in... in uh, okay, Dad, know. we get it. We don't keep rambling yeah. on. Okay, All right, go ahead. Anyway, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just, you know... Sugar, it's not fair to him. Obviously, him and Antioch, they haven't played together all year. Plus, he gets on the ice. He misses that five-minute power play. He hasn't got to stretch. He hasn't got to warm up. You know, it's going to take him some time to, you know, probably well into the second period to do that. I don't know if he got to stretch in this, you know, between periods, but you're not going to get a full stretch for full warm-up there. So, you know, you just don't get in that rhythm right there. So it's just, it's a bad situation. You got to give him credit for doing it, and that's a plus in my book. Mm Mm-hmm. I agree so. with that. I mean, and that's like, who else are you going to ask? I mean, at the time, the only two players you could ask there was Fem and Sugar standing across the boards. I think Sugar was the first person that they just kind of turned to because he had his bag. He was already headed to the locker. and like, Sugar, can you play? He's like, yeah, done deal. Yeah. Um, Joe, I don't know. Like, how did you see this game as far as, like, speed, intensity compared to other games? I don't know any other insights you want to give. It's a little tough as a referee, but uh, yeah. feel free to give whatever you think in the game. I think it was a good game. I mean, uh it was close. It was tight for a while there. They, you know, the injury changed. Uh, I think it changed, uh, you know, the look of the Americans there for a while. But, um, you know, I mean, um, nothing nothing out of the ordinary for those two teams playing together. Yeah, and I think the whole Simonelli, uh, I don't want to call it turnover, but like you said, it kind of went off the net or the post or whatever for that I was, goal. Was, I think that was a killer because I, I think there was some hope that, Jay Flo, as good of a goalie he is, he could kind of just hold it, and if they just play lockdown defense, maybe they could squeak out the game. And he was on his game last night. I mean, the Seals, like you said, the Seals must have outpossessed and kind of out-controlled the game towards uh, the middle of the second half of uh, the third period and the middle of the second onwards. And and Jay Flo was on, standing on his head. He's making saves from the slot. He's making good reads back post. So, I mean, uh, kind of touch on what Joe said. It's a little bit, uh, it was definitely a little bit more of a playoff atmosphere in games past between the Americans sometimes in the season. They get that like kind of oh you know it's just uh, 
it's just a product, just an American's game. You know, we have more games in the future. We have the playoffs kind of sort of thing. You could tell, like, I think we played earlier this season. We got 3 nothing, And then they're like, oh, wait, we're playing hockey. They stormed back and scored three, and we eventually won. But it was one of those games where, like, it took them a period to kind of get going sort of thing. This game, both game two and three, the Americans were out of the door, out of the barn instantly. I kind of felt uh, starting the first period. So, like we said, I think we said a thousand times already, uh, they kind of the momentum kind of slowly went downhill after the Proctor injury, so... Yeah, so we did get a voicemail about this game. Uh, Joe, have you ever heard of Billy Baloney? Uh, no, I've not. So Billy Baloney uh, used to be on Pee Wee's Playhouse. So he he calls the show regularly. He leaves voicemails for us. So he gave us a call about the game to give us thoughts. So we have a wider span than you might imagine. Like sometimes we've had the Macho Man call he- us, He Man call us, call from heaven. Billy Baloney is a frequent caller. We've got Grandma Gio, who is <laughs> Gio's grandma. Ironically, um, call from Italy sometimes. Okay, but here you go. So let's let's hear what Billy had to say. Good evening. It's friend of the show and your old pal Billy Baloney. <laughs> now I may have a broken leg, but that's nothing compared to the broken heart I have after watching the Americans end their season last night. That said, also nothing compared to the broken heart I have after watching. Number 22, get hurt on the ice last night. Everyone be safe going into the ne- the final games of the season. Thank you, and have a wonderful evening. That's sentimental. It, it, was, it was a little heartfelt I, there. I was going to tear up. I was waiting for the comedic turn, but no. It didn't happen. Hey, Billy said it good. They don't all have to be funny. I love when Billy gives us a call. Uh I think we're going to move on to the next game, though. That was the Tigers versus the North Stars. The North Stars pulling this game out five to four overtime. I'm going to say this is a potential game of the year candidate right here. So uh, let's start with Ty. Give us your short version because it's probably right, going to be like right. 20 minutes anyways of how it. this I'm game gonna, yeah, kind of went through. Right, I'm going to cut like... it short. I'm going to make it clean, clean and crisp. I came into this game extremely confident. Um, What's new? No, I was a little nervous, obviously, because this is game three. But the fact that Fister and Dylan, I'm thinking they're coming in. They're their, the you know the Tigers superstars, and they're coming in on a second game, and they're going to be tired. And I think they're going to have this emotionally high emotional game, game one. And it didn't matter if they won or lost. They're going to come in and just be worn out, wiped out. I feel like the game one being how it was, it wasn't that emotional. It was just kind of like a after the injury, they kind of. You know, they kind of just eventually just exerted their uh, their uh, power over the, you know, over the Americans, and it wasn't that big of a an exhausting experience for them. So, Fister Dylan came in, um, pretty fresh. I mean, Fister showed no signs of uh, of game two. I thought it was his game one. I normally think I normally don't. I was so excited that it was his game two, and the guy played like amazing. Um, we got down one nothing. Um, you know, it was nerve wracking. It was just like, okay, we're just here. We go. The Tigers were mix- mixing up their lines, doing their whole thing, where they did not want to have, um, they did not want to have Pete, Troy, and Joe Ellis. They were, uh, they did not want to play them against Fister, Ben, and um, Fister, Ben, and, uh, and Sweet Maki. And so, like, at the beginning of the game, we're trying to shuffle the lines. They brought out uh, they brought out multiple lines, and then finally we eventually, we were up against 
uh, we were up against the second line, which was uh, Skillman, Krunk, and somebody else. Ryan Allen. Ryan Allen. And then they took a 20-second shift, jumped them off, took them right off the ice, the first whistle, 20 seconds in, just so they could put Ben, Fister, and Sweet Maki against us, and that's what they wanted. We're like, at that point, we're just like, fuck, okay, fine. We'll just let them have their way. Um, we we got down one nothing. We were able to get up 2-1. to one. Um but then it was two two by the end of one, so it was high two two after one game after one period. Uh, felt like every time we got an every time we got up, we just instantaneously give a goal back. Uh, we finally got up four to three. Uh, Skillman Skillman just put in like a what I would equate to a basketball player doing a a fadeaway shot. He just kind of faded away from the goal and just fucking wristed roofed it roofed it right over. Uh, Riley's. He was uh, fired shoulder. up after that. Oh too. yeah, and he his chance were let's go, let's go, and I was a little scared. I'm like, oh shit, Skillman's fired up. Here we go, four four. Um, we take there are some penalties in the last minute. We take Booker. Booker takes his second penalty of the game, which was a little questionable. Um, he came. He kind of had a little physical encounter with Shepard. Um, I thought he was just showing Shepard who was the man, but apparently Rob Tasker didn't think that way. And but shortly thereafter, Pistol was on a drive on a drive to the net, and Matt Lapoudre upended him, and that evened that out. So the game ended in a tie. Uh, we went into overtime. We looking on the bench. Who do we put out there? We put out Pete, uh, our old man Ite, and uh, Doc Hollywood. We're thinking we can. We've got enough afterward that after that for a second line. I'm gonna let you wrap it up super okay, quick because okay. someone requested you to be muted. Oh my god! <laughs> it's, it's so it's painful safe. having it's such safe. insight. Was that your short version? I have so much I didn't even cover. But go ahead. So Hedis, you are the opposite team. Yeah. So to redact half of his story and, and just just, and just to start out with, obviously. You're the goalie on that team. You weren't able to play. It's it's a horrible thing. And Correct. I, I don't think anybody wanted that to happen. I think win or lose, we would have rather had you be out there for the matchup than anything oh, else. I wanted to play the last two weeks. After the nonsense that was that 8-2 to two game, your boy here, the real strategic genius behind uh, the North, some of the North Stars uh, machinery and how they got their team to be and that's some of the Tigers lineup and how we are now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm going to humble brag because I'm out here in the seat. Um we kind of we went back to the like I said back to our locker room. We like made our lineups and we got the lineups how we wanted. Kind of like I was Ty was saying. So the entire game was kind of us playing a game within a game, making sure that we lined up our lines the way we wanted to against the North Stars. We figured them out. It worked for most of the game. Um, the times it didn't work is when we were either shorthanded and trying to you know line up our line up like you said, trying to line up Skillman's line against uh, against Troy, um, or uh, when it was in the beginning of a period we couldn't do that. Other than that, uh, like like, uh, like Ty said, the game was back and forth. Uh, every time they got a goal, we got a goal, uh, vice versa, until it was 4-4 four to four and went to OT. Um, and then going into OT, what kind of uh, what kind of hurt, I guess, uh, a little bit in OT was Matt LaPoudre is probably our, was our best defenseman. And getting the offsetting kind of penalties like that in OT forced us to um, uh, put Chris Taylor back on D, vice sending him up at forward, because originally our offensive pairings would have been Skillman, uh, Skillman, Chris Taylor, uh, excuse me, Skillman, Fister, Chris Taylor, and uh, Ben. And then we'd have Shepard and um, Matt, Matt LaPoudre back at defense. And so we'd have two separate three uh, lines of three to play the first uh, minute and a half, the second minute and a half. Before she was in the box, we still may do, put Chris back there. Um, ben had a chance to, uh, to win the game, um, I guess, kind of by giving a, a Fister, or give Fister a chance to win the game by giving him a lead pass into the zone. 
Um, Pete was able to come back after a long shift, um, took a puck away from Fister. Fister thought, actually told me outside in the, the Blackpool party deck, he thought this might have been offsides. He was like, oh shit, it's not. And he had to turn around and chase uh, Pete back up the ice. But uh, Pete did the razzle dazzle, hooked, uh, lifted his stick, took the puck, went down to our end of the ice. And uh, quote unquote from Pete, hey, I was a little gassed if uh, Chris Taylor would have poked it for me. I may not have been able to score, but I just uh, prayed. And uh, you know how I do, I know how to shoot the puck. So I, uh, I shoot, shot a net, tried to use Chris Taylor as a screen and went in. And uh, that's while well, she wrote. And Pete ended up scoring a goal with about. I want to say minute 30 left, a little slap, slapper from a uh, top of the hashies. So, uh, and that's all she wrote for the season. But I mean, the entire game, uh, kind of as you alluded to and Ty alluded to, uh, it was back and forth. There's probably a goal every other, what, like eight minutes in the game. I mean, it was, it was a high scoring affair. It wasn't a low scoring affair for sure. Yeah. From the sidelines, like I said, contender probably right now, just on top of my head, probably game of the year, back and forth goals all the time. Always a close game. Very entertaining. Like you said, near the in the overtime, or actually right before the overtime, there was a couple penalties that kind of hurt things for lineup uh, situations. But uh, Pete was able to grab the puck, go coast to coast, and score a goal. You got to give him credit. He's really stepped it up in the second half of the year. Um, so you got to put your, you know, tip your hat to him. Um, Joe, did you see much? In, like, I felt like this game had a lot more intensity, there was a lot more chippiness in this game. And I feel like it would have been hard to call because there was some penalties that people were like, oh, some people thought penalties were missed. It was one of those things. I did honestly think the game was called evenly, which is one of my big things is with refs is as long as it's called consistently across the board, there's really much, nothing you can complain about. Yeah, guys, we're definitely uh, playing on that edge, you know, um, and you could you could sense that the whole game. Uh, but yeah, each team responded back and forth. Uh, I think that's what Rob and I noted was nobody was going to run away with that game. Um, and then, yeah, it came right down to a tie at the end. We had a little bit of confusion at the end with that face off. Uh, I, you know, something happened where the, you know, there's the buzzer went and there was over a second left. We're trying to get time on the clock. I think Troy said, don't worry about it. Skated back to the bench. So then we go over to talk to Drager and he's putting time up and then somebody says, take the time off. So we're going to start the overtime and then there's time back up on there. And then we, we ended up dropping the puck. It didn't mean anything, but um, I don't know if sometimes when you get those controversial things at the end, you add a, over a second, I thought there's going to be a shot on net here, but uh, there wasn't. Yeah, that was, that was definitely a confusing moment. And I guess it comes from the scorekeeper. You never know. They, you know, I think sometimes it's tough for a scorekeeper too, because I've been in those situations in the finals where it's tough to be like, you're trying to stop the clock right when you need to. You might do it a little early, a little late. Realistically, you're not going to be able to win with one team or the other. So it's not an easy thing. Yeah. You you're, yeah. Your five you're minutes are not up as a right now. Over there, well, North this, Star week Master. We a, this week we have a clock. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That sounds good. Anyways, um, I, 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 I put you back <laughs> out. Well, I appreciate it. So I, I will. I, the only thing I wanted to note was at the end of that game, um, it, it was clearly an icing, and it was two point one seconds left. And Uncle Fister is the honor, the my one of my favorite players in the arena every single night. Players. But he, but he's also the uncle of Fister. Ironically, Uncle Fister is the uncle of Fister, and he was playing for the Tigers. And all of a sudden, I just watched. I'm looking up at the clock, and I'm just like, it just like trickles down, and so. 
I was, I was one of the ones screaming like 2.3. We got 1.8 seconds put on, which I appreciated. I didn't know what Troy obviously was just like, forget about it, forget about it, which is fine. I, it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but uh, and the, as far as that last play of the game, um, when Fister kind of didn't get the puck and Pete picked it up, there, you know, one of the famous, it was spoken about on Slack a little bit about today, but uh, Troy was on the bench screaming, get back, you stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> That's that, was, that was yeah. a quote. And then and then I was kind of thinking the same thing. I don't like to, you know, yell that much. And then Pete picked it up. And then by the time he had got into the midway, the red, the, the center line, I mean, he had picked up so much speed. Um, it was just Greek freak mode. It was his third goal. And I, I, I knew he was going to score. I don't know how I knew, but I was just like, holy shit. Um, he just came down and fucking bolted it right past right, uh, Dylan. And, uh, it, obviously the rest is history. And it would have been scary going in a two, into a shootout. Cause I think we were running out of time for the three minute overtime. And, uh, we would have had to go in a shootout with Dylan and have all the respect in the world for Dylan. And, uh, it would have been scary. Definitely scary, but uh, the Greek freak, I just want to say, I mean, that's why we didn't draft him. Initially, we took suits, or no, we didn't take suit. We took suits over him, and then we, yeah, suits over him. And uh, it was because so we could trade for him later just to get his anger up, because we know. Okay, pistol, we got it. That's pistol Pete works. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop. I'm not, works. Ha- I'm not handling he, this. He, well, we're I agree with the, chat, the chat's right. Uh, the chat's talking still about that 1.8 thing and the 2.3 seconds. Yeah. I know that you came back to the bench and told us, Joe, you were like, hey, um, yeah, we're actually going to do the face-off. We just didn't know what was going on. I mean, we had no yeah. issue with it. We're like, we want to have the face-off. That's fine. Because in this league, no one's going to – I mean, let's be real. No one's going to score like with 1.8 unless it's like the perfect drawback to Matt Taylor, Proctor, right. Fister, and they laser yep. it. Yeah. Uh, rumor has it Troy was yelling to run the clock anyways. And speaking yeah, of he, Troy – Yeah, he did. But he's like, you know what? what they couldn't get the face-off. Let's get the face-off. I was like, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know, of course, your brother left us a voicemail. Ugh, oh, good. good. So good. Uh, I think, we I think we'll play that real quick and see what he has to say. What's up, boys? Sniper Auto calling in on Tuesday. I, I think the one emotion I'm feeling is relief. You know, that was a nail biter. Uh, tip my cap to the Tigers. They they definitely out coached us. You know, I think they knew that we were the better team. Um, and they kept doing that line jumping thing, trying to get Fister away from Pete, which I think was smart, and it frustrated us and really annoyed us. So, but just happy to survive. Greek, Greek freak came through for us with the guarantee. So feeling pretty good. Want to thank Piercy for all the support. Um, feels good to get the win. But I'm calling about Joey Cubes. I'm excited to have him on the show. Um, didn't think it was Joey's best night last night. Disagreed with plenty of the calls, but I've been a longtime Joey supporter, believe it or not. Um, and I'm curious to hear kind of Joey's best takes, best players, maybe some McCracken theory, peso theory. And, uh, without, I know I don't want to, you know, broach your integrity, but any kind of thoughts on the Stanley Keg finals, you know, evenly matched, do you think? One team's got the advantage over the other. I know that won't affect any of your calls, but I want to hear from Joey Cubes. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. Joey, center stage, please. As always, we appreciate the call from Ty. Yeah. We'll skip some of the individual players. We got the preview coming up, so we'll get to that as well, and we'll see if you want to give an opinion. But we always appreciate the call from uh, Troy. So uh, 
Can I add one note on the end of the game? Do we have a choice? <laughs> well, I, I just want to say, so when we finished the game, um, we, were out, we were obviously elated and happy, and the Greek freak had three goals. Doc Hollywood had two. Uh, Drunk-ass Suki came into the locker room. And I'm assuming he was drunk because he was just high He was slurring his words, oh I think. My God. Uh, he came into our locker room. That was the happiest Suki I've ever seen. And he was just spreading hugs, ass pats, fist pumps, handshakes across the way. I've been on this team for two years. And I, he, she, blew, she, blew. I started crying. I was just like, uh, I, I, never, I never even knew if a Suki appreciated uh, being a North Star. But I know that drunk... When you're drunk, your true feelings come out. And he was just so ecstatic for our win, win, and it meant a lot for Suki to be in there. I mean, he was drunk as shit, and I didn't understand a word he said, but I, I appreciated the hugs and the fist pumps, and it, it was an amazing scene. You know, it's good to know someone's out there rooting for the North Stars. Sometimes besides feel, sometimes besides your number lonely. one fan, me. I mean, sometimes it feels lonely out there. You don't, you're not really vocal. I mean, and, I'm uh, still waiting. We talked about this last week. I'm still waiting for my shirt to come in the mail. We're going to get you that. That's what you said last gonna, week. It hurts. It well, hurts when you lie to me. You I love someone, they lie to this. you, they lie to you, they lie to you. Eventually that love might stop. I'm, I'm just saying. Anyways, let's move on to the finals. Uh, a few things to note are, uh, we got some OT rules that we were talked about. Uh, OT one is going to be a five minute stop clock, 4v4. If that if doesn't result in a goal, go to a second overtime five minute stop clock three versus three and after that we're gonna have a shootout uh three man shootout followed by let's see sudden, sudden death, death shootout after that so three man's first automatically goes and it would be uh sudden death after that i think it's every player must shoot yeah, once before you can shoot. actually repeat as well so i like uh, that i like that question is do we like those rules or technically if we have a nine o'clock game we do have the 10 o'clock ice. Should we just zan the ice and let them just go into another game that's sudden death? Ar arguably, I, I'm kind of on board with Piercy with that. I mean, uh, it, obviously, it's more work on Joe's side. I think the real people you should be asking about these rules should be Joe and Rob because since they're the freaking refs, they're like, are you going to pay us this extra time and a half? Like, what are we doing here? But uh, if you're looking from a, like a, a standpoint view from like a supporter outside the rink watching the game, um, maybe inside the glass with spicy lettuce, um, I'm all for like an OT where you just it's sudden death as opposed to the skills competition in a shootout, especially because you have you have what an entire another hour of ice. That game's not going to go three more periods. A game will probably be settled within one or two, one period at the most. So, I I'm more than happy with that proposal. I do not need the ice, Sam. If you want to give us an extra instead of thirty seconds in between, I'm happy with the, the one or two minutes, and we can talk about our feelings. But I have no desire to fucking. Wait for it. my knees lock up. I'm fat. I'm old. I, I can't handle another. Uh, they talk, talked. So. They talked about a dry, uh, a dry scrape, a zam. A couple I don't different even know things, what that is. What's a dry scrape? Just get a couple shovels. Sounds and painful. Just, just get a couple shovels and go up and down the ice really quick. Fuck no. Fuck no. No. We get out there. We play our four on four, three on three. But the, but the real score. If the re if it goes if it goes after a five on five stop clock and a three on three stop clock to a shootout then it deserves to be a shootout in my opinion you, you really want that you really want the keg on the line yes, being decided in a shootout no. i absolutely do this is not because, 98 nagano no be, because you know what if you are tied after all that time it deserves to be uh, on something random it's random that you can't fucking determine a winner out of three game series and all those overtimes 
then guess what? Then it's going to be determined on a random shootout. So I have no desire to watch a Zamboni come out there and ice resurface the ice or whatever dry scraping or whatever the hell you want to call it. So that that's that sounds retarded. like more of a reason that your your nervousness, your lockup, the strategy involved on the teams. Yep. That sounds like more of a reason to do that. How much holes. how much overtime do we have to pay the refs for something like that? <laughs> yeah, a whole other session. I mean, I'm good for it. Drager will pay it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I guess at some point it would cra- it was pour over into the next hour. You'd like to see something for it, but uh, I like the three on three. I think if you just continued with that, you'd have a winner at some point pretty quick. That seems to open things up. I don't know. I can't recall the stats, but I don't. I mean, did many games go to a shootout? Yeah, we really didn't have that many shootouts. At some point, league. some you know, for you, having such a parity in the league, we did not have that many shootouts. Yeah. Three, three on three definitely opens it up. It is I consider it to be a lot of fun. Makes it tiring. It makes it a super fast paced game because obviously you're not slowing stuff down, and there's plenty of room on the ice. Maybe it's periods with three on three because either mm-hmm. it's going to end fast or people are going to be on the ice keeling over because they're out of breath. I don't know. For me, it's the you know the ultimate the ultimate you know game three games of this of of the season right. Everyone keeps playing all these games. We're gonna put so much emphasis on on the Stanley like the Stanley keg right. So I mean, if this league's different than other leagues, I mean, sure, I mean you're already getting you know three and three and is different from other leagues already. And having like, a shootouts different from some other leagues already like Onyx. But if you're playing for quite literally the keg the championship, to me you just play four on four OT for like you know your ten minutes or whatever it is, and then after that. Then if you have to go to another period of ten minutes or three on three, then then you do that. But I mean, shootouts to me, I'm like, I'd be against it. But it's not really up to me. It's up to the GMs in the Ivory Tower and Jeff and uh, excuse me, Joe and Rob. Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of the shootouts either. Obviously, if for some reason we went through three full periods of nobody scoring in that ten o'clock hour, we'd probably have to go to a shootout. But you know, we also have. I'm not the financial guy of the league. I don't know what the situations are. I know we have Twitch Prime. We have extra money coming in from stuff like that. Take money like that for the extra like fun of the league and use it towards something like that. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't of... want to screw you guys over as far as the refs go on that. No, we'd settle up with Drager. Yeah, sure. I mean, Drager. I, I don't think it's right. Drager's. Oh, he's bought a second house. He drives two Mercedes now. He's got. He's got multiple cars, and it's all based off the our league dues and it's just not right i mean he's got a mansion and he's i don't know he's building a house in mexico in cancun or something it's just crazy and i don't think it's right i think he can afford us a you know a little extra ice time you know when you when you take the when you take mnl and you take it from four teams <laughs> to seven teams you know, those expansion fees alone is going to get you that stuff that Drager's earned. So he's, yeah. he's earned that. So let's yeah. face facts. Okay. Let's not, right. let's not go All down. Right. I'm not going to go down that line. But yeah, so something to consider about there. Now, obviously we have the Seals versus the North Stars in the finals. I did a little bit of research from what I could tell. The North Stars are two and one versus the Seals. Um, I think they've only had one game since the trade. And mm-hmm. the North Stars, from what I saw, won that game eight to one. Two. Eight to two. There's a caveat in that game. I watched that game. They had six out of the Seals. I think we had nine players to start the game. Eventually, they had a tenth guy show up halfway through the first. But like, either six or seven of the Seals players had all played two games. And that was their second game that night. And like, because Whoop and Shawnee were doing the kind of oh, we'll parade anybody out. So I don't want to say that's super caveated, but I mean, eight to two. I mean, it's probably not going to be that close. And don't get me wrong, the the North Stars are also with some people. These guys had what Trenton, I believe, that day, and. uh 
somebody yeah. else. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that game yeah. was definitely not the normal franchises you see on the ice. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm looking forward to a good series. The most exciting part for me is that my parents have promised that if the Seals play the North Stars, they both are showing up in opposite jerseys. So, and they're going to bring Troy's son, Carson, for emotional support. He better be wearing a North Star jersey. I legitimately I thought you were going to say they're coming and whoever wins the series gets tattoos. No. no well, maybe. <laughs> well, you can work things out. My my mom, when I told him, I told my mom, just, I told my mom, I told my mom that we both won and she was just like, oh, fuck. We, we said we were going to, you know, we said we we're going to show up if we both win. They're like, you guys both won? What the fuck? So she was a little disappointed slash very excited. So a uh, couple, couple things on the sub front. Uh, sounds like Pellet's going to be out for at least the first two weeks. It sounds like Simonelli's locked in as that sub for those uh, weeks. The general, obviously, he's been out. Uh, sounds like they're moving over to Matt LaPoudre, what my sources are telling me. You're correct. Um, also, Graham looks like he's going to be out, and it looks like Edge is going to be taking uh, those spots as well. North Stars, they've had a pretty consistent lineup all year. Sounds like they're claiming in the Slack channels that things are going to stay the same. I think there are some questions with the Seals lineup as of right now. With them switching stuff up last week, they're bringing in, obviously, uh, Matt LaPoudre, who's a defenseman at heart. So I guess if I had to guess right now, McShannock's going to stay at center like he did last night. I mean, I don't want to give away any coaching decisions because I mean I haven't been hired out yet by the North Stars or the Seals. But if I'm if I'm the North Stars, I mean you can't change your lineup, right? Because you got you got to go with what got you there. You have to make other teams you have to make other teams beat you. Because arguably in the second half of the season, who has the best record in the league has been the North Stars. Sure, the Seals have been top dog all season. They proved it through the full 18 game schedule. Um, but the last part of the schedule, the the North Stars have been kind of riding high. So and outside of the one game you guys lost in this most recent five to four. I mean, there hasn't been really, there's only been four games in which have been like one goal games, the North Stars. Every other game has been, you know, six goals when we lost you in the playoffs. Yeah, a couple games ago, you beat, uh, was it Ducks three to one or four to one the last game of the season? So most of your games have, they've been close, but if you had to turn it on, the North Stars have, have shown they can turn it on. Now, don't get me wrong, the Seals definitely have the firepower and the skill and the talent, if not more talent than the North Stars to match the North Stars. I think the biggest two X factors kind of in the series is going to come down to whether Ty and Troy want to admit it or not, or whoop want to admit it or not is how each team lines their matchups against each other, their other uh, lines, which I think the Tigers kind of expose that to a degree that it can definitely line up. If you line up your lines correctly, you have the correct personnel matched up against the correct personnel in the North stars. You can get goals. You can generate offense. You can play defense correctly. And then lastly, it's just going to be how well Dylan and Riley play because if Riley plays, he like he has the past two games in the uh, in the North Star series. There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, croquet wickets open here. I mean, and it's kind of tough giving up some of the goals from distance he is. But by the same token, um, Dylan on the second game with, uh, with the Seals uh, with us last night, and then the first time with the Seals the past two weeks, he hasn't been terribly hot either. So, um, and he'll he'll admit he's he's a one or two he'd like to have back because Dylan always admits it anyways. But I mean, if Dylan gets back to his normal form, if if Riley gets back to his normal form, I think you're going to see more two one three two type of series uh, goals wise. If they're both kind of playing like they did recently, you're going to see more six five five four run and gun nineties eighties style scoring. Now, uh, Ty, moving over to your side, okay. what do you think How's are the, the keys to the game? Uh, honestly, or just I, the series? I guess is I don't better... appreciate spicy ripping on my. Mike Tender, he, I mean, he's been fantastic. We haven't, we've lost one game since uh, Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving. So I don't appreciate him talking about Riley's holes. I, what you do with Riley's holes is your business. And I never ask Riley that because that's your business. Whatever happens in the bedroom does. 
but Riley's been a, nothing but amazing for us. Um, as far as the, one of one of the key factors, one of the key factors in this whole series is uh, Ruble. Ruble suffered mono. Uh, we were going to go. Uh, Todd and I were going to go visit him in the hospital yesterday. Uh, I didn't even know he was in the hospital, and then he's like, uh, "I'm like, you're in the hospital," and he said yes. And uh, but he was being uh, let out at one o'clock, and I couldn't make it by then. But Ruble suffered mono. He's been not refing and not doing anything. But Ruble was a frequent subber for the seals and us, um, and so that was kind of like, okay, that's uh, no, nobody can get Ruble. Um, so the next, so there you. But so, realistically, if you look at all three subs you guys brought in, both teams are subbing up across the board. No offense to Graham, Edge is better as a better defenseman. Right, Graham so is, as same if thing, same thing fully, with Lapoudre. Lapoudre being is better completely than, honest than right general. now, uh, Matt Lapoudre, I think he's the defenseman of the year. I voted, the, I did the Dickey Awards. I don't know if anyone else voted here. I've already voted. I, I voted for defenseman of the year. I voted Matt Lapoudre. Does Joe know about the Dickey I Awards? I sent him, I sent Ooh. him the link, and I asked him if he voted, and he's like, "Yeah, I felt Ty, the burn." Ty he's like, "I me. felt the burn today." I'm Ty like, sends That's me not out. what I'm talking about. I don't want to. Okay, care stop. About You're done. Mute. Mute. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> What, what, what? Ty sends me a lot of links, videos. Uh, I try to keep them up in all the day long. Let them know. Rob and I don't always click on them. I'm actually kind of surprised <laughs> that Rob sometimes does click on them. But, uh, I, for the I, record, anything that he puts in Slack that is not an obvious, like it comes in and it shows you the preview of it, I refuse to click on because one, I don't know what it is. I'm scared of what it is. Two, I don't know if he's smart enough not to put something that's probably a virus in there as well. So he might not be yeah. malicious on purpose, but it's probably malicious just in general. So you always yeah. got to be careful when it comes to Ty, Hal, and a couple other guys when it comes to links like that. So back back to the game. Matt LaPoudre, has he subbed for us many a times, and uh, in our game. So I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna be. Uh, I'm not gonna be. Uh, I'm just going to be blunt with it. He, I mean, we wanted Matt LaPoudre. I talked to him after the game and he was just like, fuck no, I'm not going to be a North star. That, I mean, he's like, no, I'm angry because that, but there was a penalty on Marvin again, when he drilled Shepard and that was kind of a light one. I thought, because it was a 50, 50 puck. But then right after that, there was a, a penalty for the tigers. And it was when pistol was driving to the net and uh, Matt, Matt was uh, playing defense against him and, Pistol, pistol just fucking did yard sale, like yeah. threw it, took his helmet, threw it off. And to be honest, I think it was totally fair because I thought the Marvin one was light. And I think thought that one was light. So I have no problems with it. But LaPoudre was mad out, outside on the Labatt's Blue Party deck. He was just like, fuck that. I'm so pissed. That was bullshit. He had to be in the penalty box. And, God, those uh, LaPoudre's have so much integrity. They, and they're just the they're, best. No, they're the best. I love the LaPoudre's. I love Easy E. I love, I've learned to love Matt. But so today was just a big bargaining. I mean, I was I sent flowers to the Lapoudre residence. I sent some to his wife that probably didn't maybe that was the thing that didn't go over well. Chocolates. I was trying to do things that were nice to him, but he has signed with the SEALs and he made a terrible decision, but that's fine. So we're going with Edge. I think if Graham if Graham's out. I don't Graham has been a little sketchy all year long. So uh, if Graham's out, we're gonna go with Edge. Anyway, I don't think we're I don't think we're falling too much down, if any. I think Edge is a great player, and uh, he's showed intensity all year long. I I don't like playing against him because he's just he's a competitor and he's really good. He's got a freaking missile, and uh, so we're excited to have Edge if Graham isn't there. So that's that's about uh, 
as and as far as playing the seals i'm always excited to play todd's team um do i think they deserve to be there not really i think they just lucked out i think uh the fact that uh proctor missed game one and the fact that they injured him with their brutal play i don't i think the i think the seals just kind of coasted through they're they're like the red wings the ones that win the president's cup and then brian murray ask and then losing the playoffs i don't think they're that good but so we're going to try to find ways to kind of fire ourselves up because says, says the unstoppable machine that lost to a team with like two broken players and guys that played their second game of the night and had to go to OT to beat them. Let's not, I yeah, mean, you, I said, know you can sit on your pedestal, that, those are, but those, I mean. Those are the things I'm going to try to dig deep and realize when I try to build myself up. I just don't think the seals are that good. I think, I think their defense is weak. I think Dylan's okay at goalie. I think he, I think he's probably the probably maybe he's, he's one of the top goalies. I voted for him just because I thought it was the right thing to do. Um, I think, you know, I don't think Superman's that good. I think we got his kryptonite, and I think their second line's horrible. I think their defense is a little weak. So I, I think we'll probably demolish the Seals 2-0, but I'm well, going to try to dig deep and try to find some um, incentive to... Uh, love the bias, love the bias. Yeah. Um. So from a roughing standpoint, not to cut you off here, so from a roughing standpoint, though, how do you... Joe, do you feel like this, ser- this series is going to be more intense than, like, the regular season or even the semifinals? upcoming i mean do you feel like there's gonna be a lot of penalties because i felt like the the second games and the third games in our series had a little bit more uh a little bit more i don't say hack and whack but a little bit more aggressiveness or stick activity than the, the game the games prior to in the season yeah i think uh when guys have something to lose you know a game a keg they will uh they're gonna play closer on that edge they're gonna push that edge a lot more and you know uh there's a lot you can tell. There's more intensity out there. Last year, Rob and I did the finals, and I can't remember what happened, but I think it was like first five or ten minutes in, we were calling penalties left and right, and then everything kind of settled down. I was going to say, is that something from this at the start of a game, you, especially the series, you call it tight, you try to get people to calm down a little bit because of that, or you just kind of play it by I, yeah, ear I think and see how they go? I think you call it accordingly, but I think, yeah, a different atmosphere brings out different things uh, in players nobody wants to lose an inch and um and and that's what they're fighting for and you know i remember that from last year i can't remember the game but we called a bunch right away and then everybody kind of settled down and then it was good hockey from there um but yeah i think we'll see the same i think we'll see good hockey from both teams and uh i'm sure that uh I don't know. I, I can't make any predictions, but I've seen, you know, each team's, uh, they've played each other. We've done the games. We've seen each team beat the other one. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. And hopefully it'll live up last year. I think probably was the top all time finals with an MNL. It went three games. It went into overtime in game three with, uh, the Nordique scoring a goal to wrap it up, which is kind of how like last week was with going into overtime goal. It was just that excitement, the intensity, Love to see something similar. It's always funner when it goes to a game three for that. Um, along the way during this, I did notice we got a, another voicemail. Oh, Lord. That uh, Gram- I was able to Gramagio? set up. I think it was from Cam, according to my phone book numbers. But uh, <laughs> oh, great. Dur- during your guys's, during Ty's ramble, I was able to try to load it up and see if we could play it. So I'm going to press the button, see if it worked. Hey, boys. We got a Black Knight Claws here. Um, I just want to know, who do you think the all-star slash MVP of the final M&L 2020 final 
will be. Let me know. So he's looking essentially for the MVP of the finals. Who do we think that's going to be? I mean, you could still get it if you lose, if your team loses, right? Or if you win. So, I mean, it, both play, I mean, both teams are kind of open. Um, for me, you got, you kind of got three players you're going to be looking at. I think, um, I think you're looking at Batman, AKA Chris Fister. I think you're looking at doc Hollywood. Cause ever since the invention of him with the ability to add Pete on the other line, um, he kind of makes, uh, the North stars a complete two line team. And then last but not least, I think one of the biggest X factors in my mind is also going to be Dylan because uh, he's kind of shown all year that he can uh, he can compete and he has, a, has another level sometimes for this league that the league can't cope with. And if he brings out the, the brick wall and the mortar along with those bricks and puts it up in the net, no one's going to score. So, Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick a North Star because I've obviously been on the North Stars bandwagon all year and uh, I'm going to stay on that. So I, I got to say they're going to be winning. I'm going with Pistol Pete. Uh, I think I said from the start, you know, jokes aside or not, I thought Pistol was the fourth best player going into the draft. I still think that. Um, I think obviously with him and Hollywood, that's a combo, but you see what he did last week. You see him playing defense. He seems to be healthy. I think he's healthy right now, even though I did talk, he might have to miss spring, but he seems to be giving, putting it all in there, putting it on the line, trying to get that going. I think he wants that keg. My heart says sniper. But my mind says uh, pistol. Uh, but I don't know. Tro- Troy's good. Don't be wrong. Troy's a good player for, and he's good value for where he, where he is. He's you know value over round. I would say um, he's probably playing better than his round value is. But on that line with Pete and uh, Joe Ellis, Troy's arguably the third best player there. He's a complimentary piece. Like he just has to get open, get in open spaces, and get and put the puck on the net when the puck's on a stick or in fork check correctly. He doesn't have to do a lot of thinking though. He is very cerebral on the ice. So for me. Like I mentioned earlier, I, I'd see there for me. I mean, I, I could also agree with Pete. I could also see Pete being one of those possible players too, but those four players you just named are probably the biggest players that are going to have the most impact on how the series is going to go and whether the North stars or the seals are going to win. So for me, you got to choose one of those four players from, or one of those three in my case. Yeah. Joey, I'm obviously not going to put you in that situation <laughs> to pick an MVP. Yeah. But you can't, I'll, I'll give, but uh, you can, if you want, you want, you want to choose one. No, I mean, I like, you know, MVPs. I think, you know, you can go a couple ways. You can always go with the guy who's got the most points, but you can. There's always those uh, other things that guys are doing that that open things up for the rest of the team. So it'll be interesting to see what way the league goes and and how everything plays out. But um, I think those are all good candidates that you guys mentioned. And uh, Ty, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to ramble on about what you think, and then we're going to cut it'll you off. It'll be real quick. I'm going to say chocolate like- thunder. No, no. I, I would say, I would say Marvin, Marvin's. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. I, I think chocolate thunder is. Had some ups and downs. He got an earful from Pistol. Like Pistol, I think Pistol was just feeling the Greek godness in him. But he was just like, Marvin, you had a terrible, terrible game. And he was ripping on Marvin. And Marvin has produced some magical moments, and he is a great player, and he's one of my favorites. He gave me two two uh, things, a Kodiak winter green for Christmas. So I, I mean, I, I mean, he stole my heart right there. I, I've never, I've never fallen in love with Kodiak a black man before. <laughs> Before he was the first black man I ever fell in love with when he gave me those chewing tobacco, and we have a chewing tobacco after every game. But anyways, my 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 MVP would have to be Doc Hollywood. I think what's going to happen is I think Pete's going to shut down Fister and and do that thing, and I think Doc Hollywood's going to just have just score at will. Um, and this and also I was going to mention his mom is coming to the game. Uh, we grew up together since we've been in diapers. 
uh, with Doc Hollywood, and his mom is excited to watch the game with my parents, and I think he's just going to light it up. He's been an inspiration to Gio, and I was going to take Gio, but he uh, he's, inspir- he's inspired Gio. He's inspired me. He passes the puck to me, and, you know, it's been a he, – he's just – and it's quiet. He's like Steve Eisenman in a way that he's quiet. He's not loud at all, but uh, the way he's just very, uh, he leads by example and it's definitely Doc Holly. And that's how I voted in the Dickey awards today. I voted MVP uh, Doc Hollywood all the way. So kind of the last thing we'll cover before we go is going to exclude Joey sure. and Ty, but we need predictions about who we think is going to win the keg. This is Head what is? I want to hear. This is what I heard. All right. I want to hear so, it right here, and I want to mark um, it down. I kind of it. already alluded a little bit earlier to, I mean, who's going to kind of win, but, uh, not win, but who in my mind, if they can set themselves up best to win a, win the series, is good. who's going to be able to get their lineups cor- correctly, put ice a team that has balance on both the first and second lines, and can also neutralize other teams' first and second lines, and secondly, how the goalies play. I don't Riley has good bounce backs when he wants to. When he's coming off of a, a week where he doesn't play, or he's coming off of a bad a bad game or game, he's got some goals. The same thing with Dylan. So I think if you put the goalies aside, let's say the goalies play big, it comes down to kind of how each team slots their subs in and how they uh, slot their lineups in. And I would have to say that the Seals are going to win in three because I just think they're slightly more flexible than the North Stars are. So even if the North Stars win the first game, which they could, they could come out banging in the first game, and the Seals can adjust. But the game two, the Seals can then adjust their lineup. The The North Stars kind of suffer from, uh, they have their 1A, their 1B lineup, but none of their forwards can really jump back and be a defenseman unless it's specifically Troy. So if, for example, the Seals somehow needed to stack stack a line and then play really tight defense on the second line and do the rattler fister um shawnee thing not saying that their second line would be able to hold doc or whoever they line it up against um they could do that and that might overrun the the north stars defense i mean they could put edge together with marvin or edge together with someone else but their defense isn't as as solid per se as some of the other teams like americans that were in the playoffs or or even arguably us when we made their defensive lines up so it's going to kind of come down to who what team kind of lines up um how it or lines up with what lines against each other, but that's razor thin. That's like a, like a 51 49 sort of thing. Um, and, and I could be wrong. I mean, it could easily just be the North stars win two to one because they made a better lineup prediction and whoop just whoop just bumble fucks it. Cause whoops going, ho, 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 we're going to line up uh, me back on defense with, I don't know, Leroy against Pete and, and doc. And they put Pete doc together in a power play. Like, so it's going to come down to a lot of, I don't want to say, outside game influence but um it's going to come down to some of that and if uh suits comes back and helps organize you guys behind the bench that could help if the seals run out and grab a former i don't know wilkie uh, uh, and he's coaching or someone else to kind of help them organize back there that could definitely help them and kind of solidify uh um or ease the the stress of trying to make sure who's on the ice at the right time yeah the way that i look at this is it's going to be interesting to definitely see how the seals lines are last night they were playing kind of the star line version where they had rattler was it Rattler, Fister, and Shawnee all together, mm-hmm. kind of leaving the pellet with McShannick and who am I missing there? Neville. Correct. So not a horrible line. They're actually, you know, Neville's a good defensive player. You know, he's quick. He can move around very good. Obviously, McShannick, he plays defense, kind of helps sure up them from goals opportunity. I just don't think they could play a line like that when it comes to the North Stars. The North Stars have kind of those trades gave them essentially two top lines. When you have Pistol and Hollywood, 
as those guys. Mm-hmm. You have, you know, Joe Ellis and Troy together on the other one. And then you have Ty and who's your other? Geo. Geo. Yeah. So that's just two quality lines, two balance. It's going to be too hard to do a star line and the other line mm-hmm. in that situation. So I think Rattler is going to have to move down with McShannock there, which is very formidable. But I do think the Seals just have an overall better def- or I'm sorry, the North Stars have a better defensive core when it comes down to it. I do give the advantage to the Seals when it comes to it uh, for goaltending, but the North Stars have been on fire ever since the trade. They've lost one since then. I think you got to play the odds. You have to look at how things have been going, and I think you have to go with the North Stars when it comes down to it, but I think it's going to be a close one. I would be surprised if it's a sweep either way. I expect to go to three games, and it's going to be tight. I think another thing too is like as kind of mentioned, alluding to a little bit earlier, if if the if the seals keep the kind of lineup you mentioned, where they don't have uh, where they keep McShannon up forward and Whoop staying back at defense, I don't know if that necessarily works. But I mean, if you put Doc and Geo up against so Doc, Ty, Doc and Geo up against Fister, Shawnee, and Whoop, and you ask the league, or league wide, you ask which line is overall a better line. That's a really tough question, but in my opinion, overall speed wise, I'm giving it to I'm giving it to Fister and Shawnee because they're slightly more complete players than than uh, than than Geo is, and then it just comes down to Whoop and Whoop and uh, or whichever whichever one matches up, whether it's Fister or Geo matches up on them, and then the other one gets to go head to head with with Doc, and then it's Whoop and Ty fighting each other on the one wing the entire time. Oh, ho, 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 the whole of Whoop and, 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 and I know Ty. I know Ty has so, about I mean, ten minutes well. worth of material, but I do have one other thing I'm going to say before you get to speak is. I talked about this last week and I truly believe it based on where we are, the lines you're playing and everything like that. Whoop should be playing forward. I mean, yeah, I mean, he has to, I mean, uh, whoop is like I've said before, he's been playing it with the K Falks. He's smart. He knows hockey. He can do breakout passes. He's got good hands. You get him in that situation there. All of a sudden you have McShannock back at defense with Dylan as the goalie. You have Matt Lapudre in there as well. well yeah, that's you who have, you'd pair together. You'd pair McShannock and Lapudre together at that point because Alan Z and Leroy have been playing together the entire season. So then you have your two top defenseman. tier defensive pairs that are lockdown combos with Dylan back there. The North Stars are going to have trouble scoring goals. They still have Fister Shawnee there. You have Rattler on another line. You have Rattler with has, Neville. You, you, it's all good yeah, there. You, you line You're going to be able to center. score goals. You're, the defense is going to be shutting things down. If I knew that Whoop was playing forward, I would probably take the Seals. I think Whoop has too much pride of this is his position. This is where he plays to actually move what's best for the Seals. And I don't think he's going to do it. That, I think he, he he would consider it at maybe. And that's what I was saying earlier. Kind of I mentioned, alluded to that that first game could go the North Stars way. And then Seals might have to make adjustments game two and then try to win game three. But if they come out game one with the proper adjustments they should pop, like make, I think that it could work out because the biggest thing um, I've no, I mean, when the North stars plays, they run like they run like a two, a two man four checking system with both their lines effectively until they get a lead. Then they sit back and, and a one, one, a one, one, three effectively, or like a Christmas tree, right? Like they just sit back and they let you come in over the blue line. So, I mean, I, We've had this discussion in the Tigers channel so deep and so long. I, 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 from what I've seen on the ice, I mean, I don't need to go so deep into it, but the point being that if, uh, if you have defensemen that can't, that are susceptible to the pressure from Pete, from Troy, because Troy likes to skate deep and behind the net, especially he's on the second game from, um, from Doc, from Geo, and you and you can cough up the puck back there, and make turnovers. North Star is going to put eight past you, but if you have guys back there that can make the good first outlet pass or are comfortable and not nervous with the puck on their stick and can beat that first four checker, you trap the first one or two four checkers, you get 
you get um, counter passes the other way, and you can hit people in the seam. That's like, I mean, game, game two, that's what we did. So, I mean, I'm not saying the blueprints, blueprint is laid for the Seals, but they have an idea that it can use something that, for their advantage to see how they can beat the North Stars. While the North Stars, I mean, at this point, they kind of know after playing the Tigers and from other people in the league seeing, I mean, from probably from hearing from me, just Raz and Troy and, and, and Ty and whatnot, they kind of know what like their weaknesses are, and they can kind of adjust their lineup. I mean, who says Troy has to be before the entire series. Maybe game one doesn't work out. Troy's played defense before. You could always switch edge and Troy, and then you literally do have two power forward lines, and then you slot in Troy along with somebody else, I don't know, like Sikorsky, or, or, and then you have um, um, you have uh, Marvin and, and Math, and then you just have your, your center forward sit in that triangle system down low, kind of like we did with Skillman, and then you just force the Seals to beat you because I think they would admit, and I think everyone else in the league would kind of admit, that Fister and Shawnee, for as good as they are, Neither one of them have like a long range firepower, like a McCracken type or a, a Matt LaPoudre or a, or a pistol slap shot type from the blue line. They're not going to beat you that way. They're going to beat you tic-tac-toe and, and getting in close and breakaways. So there's a lot of factors that go into it, but I'm, I'm on board with you. Now, Ty, I know you're going to have something to say. Let's make it quick and then All we'll right, wrap I'll things up. I'll try to be brief. I, I would like <laughs> to take my little moment for my prediction to thank the Tigers. I think they had an amazing, um, I, I honestly, I enjoyed why I enjoyed the series was because they didn't, you know, Spicy, who crawled under a rock and disappeared and got it, pretended to have an injury. Oh, my God. Um, I wish I didn't have an injury. Honestly, no, but honestly, God, the, like, Skillman came out and made some... <laughs> I enjoy the whole... I enjoy MNL. It's not MNL. We just play hockey. MNL is, like, the camaraderie. It's the drinking beers after the game. It's the slack in between. It's me sending Joey articles that he doesn't want to fucking read. <laughs> he doesn't want to open up our fucking and thing. Spam. It, yeah. it, I don't, actually don't even more, text her back. <laughs> MNL is more than just hockey. If it was just hockey, it'd be another fucking hockey league. And what I enjoyed about the Tigers was that they kind of opened up and shout punched back a little bit because it's no fun punching. And when they like, if you play the Whalers and they fucking all shut up and have a gag order or no gag order, but they just gag order themselves, whatever it is. I've had many series like that. The thing that made it about fun about the Tigers was, and I, and I appreciate Skillman. I think Skillman is a great uh, GM and he kind of opened up and fought back and it made it a completely fun series all the way around from Monday. You know, you got to wait Monday to Monday for the games. And I thought I appreciated the tit for tat and the, the back and forth on slack. I also thought they did a great job in trying to confuse us and took us to the limits and did a great job of doing things to try quitting Chris Taylor. And I would like to personally thank Chris Taylor. Cause after that first game, when we won eight, two, I mean, I saw both Taylors blowing a gasket, especially Chris Matt was hurt obviously. And he was mad cause Gio hooked him or whatever, but Chris Taylor, honestly, after game one, I didn't even know if he was ever going to come back again. He was freaking slamming shit, screaming at his own teammates. And he came back and he made, he, you know, competitive as always, but it was very, very calm, cool and collective and made the series what it should be at MNL. And that's competitive, beat your brother's ass, try to beat your brother's ass, but with respect and uh, cleanliness. So that w w going on to the predictions, obviously, I mean, I think the Seals, uh, they're going to battle. Yeah, no, 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 listen, this is real quick. The Seals are going to battle. I, res I respect Todd and Shawnee as GMs to a point. I think that, do I think to they, a point? They, they have no, I don't think they're going to do what they think is right. 
if they think Todd should play forward, they're going to play him forward. They're not going to be scared. And, and I don't think there's any coincidences, the WBW playing Todd at forward. Do I think that's any coincidence? No. I think he's testing it out, thinking how it works. Do they win, do they win with that? Do they feel good with that? So I don't think there's any coincidences that we've always kind of used the other leagues as kind of like that we've ran as like the testing ground and, you know, as to what to do. So if whatever he felt is right in that, if it's to play forward, he will, he will do it. That being said, I think we are going to be too much and we will have ability to adjust on like what had said. We, you know, if Troy, I like that idea that Troy can play defense as well and bring edge up. That's, that sounds good to me if, if, if we need to do it, but I think we were going to have too much, too many places for them. And the fact that pellets missing is a big one. And I like Simonelli, but pellets been a pellets been that one of those guys where you got above average for where you drafted him, him missing the first two games. I don't think he's going to see a game in the, and it's sad. He's not going to see a keg Stanley cup because we're going to win two Oh, I think they're going to be close contested games, but I think we're going to come out on top both games. So thanks. I, yeah. Thanks. So, uh, Joe, Love to thank you again for coming on the well, show. Do you have anything you want to close this out with or yeah, any you, subjects? Do you want to leave a prediction? Because uh, Troy asked a yearly <laughs> prediction. And also the fans on uh, on the chat also had another question to ask you from a couple of seasons ago, I guess. Apparently, oh, shit. About the, grudges. Is this the grudge portion? Well, no, this is, a, this is a different question. So, I mean, I don't know if, if you want to answer the one question about uh, about Troy asked earlier. about What was it about? Something about the, oh, who would win the series? If you, you predict uh, which team's going to win the series. I don't know. I mean, I don't, like I, don't, I, I don't think that's a good you know, area for I don't know. I, I think that we go out there. I mean, like, you know, the last series were good examples. I think North Stars go out and win that first game by a bunch, and then they lose the second game by a bunch. I think anything can happen. Nothing would really surprise me one way or the other. And then the the other the other question that was posed in the chat from uh, yours tr- your GM truly, my ex-GM, Todd Troy. I mean, excuse me, Troy Sniper Auto was uh, ask Cubes about McCracken. Now I don't know. If Nobody he's talking cares about, about the... McCracken. McCracken's not even <laughs> the league anymore. I, I don't want to say that, but that's what he, that's what uh, Troy asked to ask you about was about McCracken. Joey about doesn't care about individual what? players, anything like that. It's a dumb he wants question. McCracken to be back for the finals. I keep begging McCracken, but according to Todd, who golfed with him on Sunday, he's bigger and whiter than ever. And I don't know what that means. You can take that for whatever you want. Oh, but, that's yeah. gonna be the secret guy's gonna break uh break Doc's neck in the corner. There goes <laughs> yeah. another collarbone. I just hope the seals keep it clean. They've been known to take people out, and I, I just want everyone to have a safe series. I, I don't know. This the seals seem to be taking people out left and right, and it's not that serious. So um please don't hurt our players. I mean, I'm, we're very scared, we're very concerned. That's all we've been talking about all day is about how tough you guys are. So again, thank you for yeah. coming out. I hope you had a good time overall. Yeah, wasn't uh, it was a pretty easy walk, so we probably could get over here again. I mean, now yeah. Ty knows where I live, so yeah, that's that's, scary. that's a scary thing, all right. Uh, um, I guess not that. So for all the fans that have stuck with us, I don't know if you know about it, but uh, spring is obviously coming up, and spring season is coming up, and with Proctor being injured, um, and not being able to play, obviously means there's a GM not obviously, but there's a GM slot open because he was slotted in to be a GM in spring, so um. I don't know if Panny's already got someone lined up. I mean, nope. maybe, maybe Joe can come play. When's the last time you played? You want to play? I mean, he's got some high-level hockey. You I like GM a team. <laughs> Why don't we get you back in the action for the spring? Could, yeah. Sounds like you might be too good of a hockey player. No, I, uh, for Proctor, Proctor's number one overall. 
He could draft himself number one, baby. <laughs> um, Skate him up. Yeah, no, I, I, I usually... Uh, I think there's some Tigers or Whalers would like to get you out there. And yeah. See what, no, I'm just joking. I'm um, no, I usually, play, I usually play in the spring and summer with uh, some of the guys that I grew up with. I haven't played in the winter in a, in a season or two, but... Um, I could probably play a game or two. Yeah, yeah. Something for the spring. I don't. I don't. Right. Yeah. I just based spring off what you were saying about playing club hockey, college teams, you might be too good. I don't know. No, no um, that was years ago. And uh, our our theory on spring is it's just spring, so it, it actually I, is very. I hate that phrase. I like it because as a referee, because they have refs that just do solo <laughs> games. Yeah. And when Sugar starts yelling at me like you missed that icing, I'm like it's only spring, and then he just looks at me and says "fuck you, Ty." But I'm like, it's only spring. I hate that. That's that's the dumbest <laughs> shit. It's all. It's only. Winter. I'm only one. Rap. It's only winter. It's only, it's, only, it's only second degree. Yeah, murder. Is it the same same times? Nine o'clock, ten o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Typically, yeah. everybody says it's just spring when you're on the team that's losing. I remember when no, I got drafted on the clause pause. It was back. not a. It, it is more. It was not exactly back. fun. It, you uh, say it's not more laid back. You know. It you is know more laid back. You don't get the jerseys, but my team. My team might. It's it's more laid back, but it still stinks if you get stuck on a team that isn't very good and that you're having. You just know you're going to lose majority of the games. Well, but like six again, thanks for coming on. Like I was saying before, we were looking for a couple of guys that aren't a seal, aren't a North star that would be willing to pay attention to the games, kind of come in next couple of weeks to uh, be on the podcast. doesn't have to be a full three week commitment, but it'd be nice to get those impartial views about what happened yeah, like in the Dougie game. Fresh. Dougie fresh should get back out here. Stop. Oh. And as always, give us a call on the whoop line. Seven, one, four, seven, five whoop email the show. Podcast at mnlhl.com. What else do you have for us, Ty? I know you got more. No, I'm I'm pretty much done. I appreciate uh it's hard coming on the second back to back weeks. I don't like to he's all overflow tuck- the he's week. He's all tuckered out. I don't well, I don't like to overflow the week with me, but I, I do enjoy my time here and I appreciate you inviting me. And thanks, Joe, for coming out. And uh not too bad. You only took up what, like an hour of talking space today? I'm sorry. An hour I do the best pod. I can. So okay. we're over. Bye. <laughs> well, <laughs>